Rafer, what's the most stressful situation you've been in? Oh, the most stressful situation I've been in. Have you um, ever been, for example, caught on the high seas by yourself on your broken yacht? <laughs> you know, no, no. you know how that goes. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, uh, nor have I entered into an ill-advised drug deal <laughs> with a bunch of with a bunch of Mexican Mexican border uh, drug cartel. <laughs> types i haven't i haven't done that either hmm, you haven't done that oh well have you have you <laughs> <laughs> well you set yourself wide open for this one Kristen. have you have you entered into um a lesbian relationship without telling anyone oh gosh without telling anyone why would i tell you <laughs> hello yes i i i also just have to follow up that one with have you ever been banned in the state of idaho no, not yet. I'm oh. dying to be, though. Oh, let's make it happen. <laughs> let's. We can do all of that. But before we do that, the reason we're talking about all of this <laughs> is because there are a lot of movies this week, high-stress situations. Yes, high-stress, high-pressure. And we're going to talk about all of these high-pressure movies. They include All is Lost, The Counselor, and Blue is the Warmest Color, the controversial coming-of-age French lesbian romance movie. That's right. And let's introduce ourselves first before we get into those. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Date. Je sais que tôt ou tard tu voudras bien sortir un soir en camarade avec moi. Now, Rafer, before we get into the movies, let's talk big announcements. Big announcements. Uh, we have our first live event. I, I think we've told you about this once before, uh, but we're going to remind you. It's uh, this coming Sunday, the 27th, uh, here in Brooklyn in Park Slope at the Pacific Standard Bar. We are going to be hosting a live Halloween-themed trivia night. <laughs> we'll be giving away... WNYC swag, uh, weird stuff. I think is going to be in that. <laughs> is going to be in that. Weird stuff. It's going to be in that swag bag. But good stuff. Um, and I think what we're very proud of is we're going to have a custom-made T-shirt, movie date, our first movie date T-shirt. The logo has been designed by Steven Weinberg, a local Brooklyn artist. It's a very handsome shirt. This is not your crappy white Hanes beefy tee. This is a real nice. Dark-colored, good-looking, high-quality shirt. We've got dude sizes. We've got chick sizes. You're going to actually want to wear the shirt. So come on down. It's the Pacific Standard Bar in Brooklyn. I don't know if you, I mean if you're anywhere in Brooklyn, you've got no excuse. If you're in the tri-state area, I still think you should come down. And I would say if you're anywhere on the eastern seaboard, you should probably why, try to make it. Why don't it. we just say the eastern time zone and some of the midwestern time zone? <laughs> okay. Let's just say like if you're on this side of the Mississippi. Come on out. Bring your movie trivia knowledge because yeah. the Halloween theme includes movies. It includes skin crawling history, all that yes. good stuff. That's so right. We hope to see you there if you're in the area. All right. Now, let's talk about some of these stressful movies. Yeah. Let's talk about, first of all, All is Lost. So this is the new uh, Robert Redford movie. It's got, I guess, the closing credits, I think, have the shortest list of uh, – the shortest cast list ever. It's Robert Redford. That's it. Uh, he's billed oh, as – Oh, there's not a, anybody there's else in no, the movie? There's not one Not even with sing- setup or the – I know, remember, remember in, in, in Gravity you had uh, you know, a, few, a few little bodies kind of in the background – Nothing like there's nothing like this. It is Robert Redford. Uh, Bill, he's in, he's never named in the credits. He's billed as our man. Ooh. That's it. So he plays a yachtsman. He is on a, his 39 foot yacht, the Virginia Jean. He's out in the middle of the Indian Ocean, 
sailing alone. He's, his ship uh, crashes unexpectedly because what would you crash into in the middle of the Indian a Ocean? A shipping container. <laughs> a shipping container uh, full of uh, sneakers. He runs into it. It's, it's, it's poked a hole in the side of his boat. Water is flooding in. It shorts out his radio, short, kills his laptop. He's completely cut off from all contact. And the rest of the movie is basically him trying to stay alive. Here's a clip. This is Virginia Jean with an SOS call over... This is the Virginia Jean with an SOS call. Over. You know, important lesson here. Yeah. Much like gravity, which we learned, don't go to space. Right. Don't go out to the Indian Ocean by yourself. Don't sail out in the middle of the Indian don't Ocean. Don't do that. <laughs> don't I, do it. You know, look, if you're, a, if, if you're a yacht owner, that's probably a dream come true. You want to do that. You want to sail around the world. Do some kind of grand undertaking on your own. Uh, get Why can't away. you sail around like a pond or something? <laughs> Have you ever been sailing? <laughs> God, I hate sailing. I've been sailing like two or three times in my life. I hate it. I hate space. I hate sailing. Um, anyway. So do you hate this movie also no. then? No, I don't hate this movie. Uh, uh, Kristen, you have not seen this, but I'll tell you briefly, uh, as you may know, the reviews on this movie have been stellar. Just, I mean, out of control. People have just loved this thing. Um, I found this movie to be, what would I say, really good. Really, really, really good. Mm. Not great. I don't think it's great. Um, I think when you're seeing a movie like this, a survival movie, the first thing you're thinking of is, okay, in recent history, you're thinking, oh, Life of Pi. A little bit yeah. like a little bit like Gravity as well, right? These, mm-hmm. these kind of these very small, well, in some ways small, scaled down survival movies. The movie that this reminded me of the most, actually, weirdly, was Captain Phillips. Because oh. not only because it happens to have more than one Maersk shipping vessel in it, but because he runs into that shipping container out in the middle of the ocean and there is some, it's the first shot of the film is the corner, that dangerous pointy corner of that shipping container. It's the first thing you see and you don't know what it is. And there's something about that that makes you start to, that makes you kind of piece together what's happening here. This this idea of like I, mean, I hate I know it's an overused phrase, but this ideal of globalization, global commerce, the world that we're in, what's it what's it doing to us? What are the consequences of this? Even if you're a wealthy rich guy with a comfortable life and a thirty nine foot yacht, suddenly you've you your yacht has been damaged by this piece of floating debris full of like third world goods. What's happening here? There's there's some little They will come out. And bite you in the ass in the end. <laughs> That's right. No, seriously, a, you reap what you sow. There is a little something to it. Um, I just wasn't sure there was enough going on in the movie thematically to make me feel like I'd really like something had really been said to me. But what about just the pure raw method of surviving? I mean, I have to say that Life yeah. of Pi. One of my favorite things was how do you eat? How right. do you drink? How do you? You know, protect yourself from the sun. How do you? And those are the things that I really love in a survival movie. How do you use your wits to create other survival methods that aren't naturally or automatically right at your disposal? Does it show that? Because that's why I'd want to see it. All of that stuff. All of that stuff is in there, and a lot of that stuff is interesting. Robert Redford's character is very resourceful. He's very calm, at least at first, and he he does these very small, detailed, skilled things that are that kind of keep you interested. How's he? You know, what's he going to do with that rope? How's he? You know, 
you and I, Kristen, if you were if you were out in a yacht and a giant <laughs> hole sprung out of the side of your yacht and suddenly Ten your boat later, was filling it, right, right, when the first thing you do is jump out of the water in the lifeboat, shoot off a flare, and just hope for the best, right? Robert Redford actually patches up the leak, and that's kind of cool, right? You're thinking like, okay, this guy's this guy's got skills, right? He knows what he's doing. Um, some of that stuff is interesting. Again, just like ultimately at the very end when the movie wrapped up and the the credits or maybe the credit started rolling, I just kind of thought like, I don't know. I'm not sure what I've just seen. That's all. So mediocre date? No, a really good date. Okay. A, a, really, right. a really good date. Just not not the masterpiece I think people have said it is. That's okay. all. Good. So it's still still worth seeing then. Definitely. All right. Well, let's talk about another stressful movie, or it's supposed to be. <laughs> I, found it, I found it pretty stressful. <laughs> the Counselor? Yes. Interesting. You found it stressful. Well, we're going to get into whether or not it was stressful, but let's talk a little bit about what this movie's about first. So we have Michael Fassbender, who plays an attorney, simply referred to as the counselor right. throughout the movie. And he gets involved with some drug smuggling operation that is led by Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. And there's a middleman played by Brad Pitt. Right. There is Michael Fassbender's girlfriend, played Pen- by Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. There is Javier Bardem's girlfriend, played by Cameron Diaz. And we have all of them working with each other and possibly against each other. But here's a clip. You seem unsettled. I'm all right. I just need you to be sure that you're locked in. Because I don't know. My recommendation anyway, counselor. Don't do it. Well, I guess I'm... A little taken aback at the cautionary nature of this conversation. Now, Rafer, this is Cormac McCarthy's first attempt at a screenplay. It's directed by Ridley Scott. Right. What did you think of this? Well, you've got, I mean, this is, you know, I think when news of this film broke, given A, the cast that you just listed, uh, B, the fact that Cormac McCarthy... I widely considered, I think, to be one of the greatest living American authors. The, the, oh, yeah. the, the, the praise that has been heaped on Cormac McCarthy is pretty incredible. Yeah, and the adaptations of his movies right. have been really, like, the, especially No Country for Old no Men. No Country Fantastic. for Old Men, The, the Road, Road, Pretty Horses. Um, it's a long list. This is his first original screenplay. Who's directing it? Ridley Scott, one of the, one of the greatest stylists in the cinema. Alien, Blade Runner. Gladiator, whatever you think of Gladiator. Mm, But I mean, still. um, (laughs) You know, Ridley Scott, I mean, a fantastic, fantastic, visual, imaginative, stylish director. So this just, you know, and then, and as I said, you know, the the, the creme de la creme of Hollywood in in the cast. Um, Somehow, I found that all all this talent added up to a movie that is, I I, I found almost unwatchable. I, I, I could, I... You know me, Kristen. I have never, never, never walked out of a movie. Well, there's one time, but I was forced to by a friend who literally, almost literally dragged me out of the film. I never walk out of the movie. I, I really almost sat up, and I mean about 15 minutes into it, I mm. almost sat up and walked out. This movie is so I, – I, it's so boring. It is so dull. It's actionless. It's, it's slow. And I think in the end, it's, it's – poorly structured it's poorly written there's nothing to look at nothing to grab onto no one to care about the, I mean, the, the plot is dumb it, you know what i mean it makes Did you no like sense anything about this movie at all it's pretentious it's full of itself self-important 
I actually, at, at the, in the first 15 minutes when you were thinking of walking out, I was thinking, is this supposed to be campy? Is it supposed <laughs> oh, to be? What, did you really? I was getting very confused. Like, what kind of message are they trying to send me here? Is oh, it, I wish it had they, been they, campy. They, is it so self-important that they mean it? Or is this done with um, a comedic touch and I'm not understanding it? And then after the first 15 minutes passed, I realized, oh, this isn't camp. This is just bad. No, this this is, is the way it's supposed to be. That's the way they intended it to be. Dead serious. And I, it, it does what a novelist does when they're trying to do a screenplay speeches. Exactly. There's just too many words in this. You're not showing the story you're telling. Right. Show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. This is so much telling. Here's a speech about a cheetah hunting. Here's a speech about snuff films. Here's a speech about how to smuggle a body in a barrel. And just goes on and on. Another speech while the other person every once in a while will interject to say, tell me about that. (laughs) Is that right? What do you mean? Oh, really? Yeah. The other thing I I would say about this is also um, it's also a really dour, negative, ugly film as well. It takes has a really dim view of women, I thought. Um, but it's just it's just got this really negative, sour outlook that I I don't buy, and I don't I don't buy that from novelists, and I don't buy that from filmmakers as an easy way to make you think that this is some kind of philosophical bravery. Like I'm. I'm staring into the soul of humanity, and I've seen the real deal, and so I'm going to kill all these characters that I've, <laughs> that I've created, and that's how you're going to know that, you know, life has got no meaning, and that's the truth of it. And I just, I don't, I don't feel like just because you're negative and you can't figure out how to wrap up your story properly, that that makes you some kind of, you know, brave philosophical visionary. Bad yeah. date. Oh. God, the bad, worst, bad, bad the date. worst date I have been on in a long time. It's the, wor- it's the worst date I've been on since Insidious 2. Oh, my God. That's what I would say. <laughs> Terrible. All well, right. Well, there's another movie that um, I'm very curious what you're going to think about because it's been getting, much like All is Lost, fantastic, fantastic reviews. Yeah. Blue is the warmest color. I'm, I'm really curious to see what you're going to think about this as well. So uh, this is... Uh, Winner of the Palm Door, uh, the the jury at the Palm Door. Uh, I think headed le- by Steven Spielberg. Right, headed by Spielberg, uh, takes the unusual step of awarding the Palm Door not just to the filmmaker but to the two actresses, which they never do, singling them out. Um, yeah, so uh, the plot basically it's based on a graphic novel. It's about uh, a young girl, high school uh, girl in France, uh, who falls in love with an older. Slightly older art yeah, school just a few years, woman. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning of the film, she's sort of dating a guy in a very you know half-hearted way. But this woman has some kind of powerful attraction to her. Uh, Adele is the younger girl's name. Emma is the older girl's name, and they they come together. And there's clearly something. There's clearly something between them. Um, we're not going to play a clip because it's all in French. And, was... we're, pre- and we're presuming that most <laughs> most of you out there, like us. Don't speak French. The uh, the 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 main the main actress that, who plays the the younger girl is uh, Adele Exarchopulo. I think is the pronunciation. The director actually renamed the character for her for uh, as Adele, and then Lea Seydoux plays um, Emma, the slightly older girl. What did you think of this movie, Kristen? All right. So first of all, I know this is getting a lot of criticism for the sexual content, specifically yeah. a sex scene that's about seven minutes long that has been exaggerated in some of the press saying it's 10 minutes long or it's 15 minutes long. There's a very extended sex scene early on in the film. And I have to say, there are a lot of scenes that are extended and maybe take longer than they need to in the film. It's yeah. it's a character study. It's that art film version of let's just show everything in real time. 
Here yeah. she is at work. We're going to see it in real time. Here she is at a party in a backyard in real time. Yeah. All of these things mean that, you know, it sort of made sense to me that that one sex scene was so long. But I think all of the scenes could have been trimmed down a little bit. And I think that yeah. um, if I have any criticism of the film, that's it, is that I think it could have used some editing. I think it could have been, you know, a half hour less. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be three hours. It's a three-hour movie. Um But that being said, I think it does a really fantastic job of just showing all the emotional turmoil that she's going through. Everything from being taunted by schoolmates, kind of doubting who she is and how she feels or feeling ashamed of it. And then falling desperately in love and seeing uh, those moments of doubt and jealousy and heartbreak. and, and, And I really thought the film did a great job of that. I really, really did. The sex scenes, they bothered me. Okay. The sex scenes. Why is that? I, I think they looked they looked really stagey. They um they were kind of in some ways to me very explicit but kind of artless. They 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 had a very porn quality to to them to me. There was there are, there were several shots. Uh, I mean, many of them take place in the same room, so I guess there's only so much you can do with that. But it often it just looked like uh, low budget porn, kind of like low budget porn. You've got a long establishing shot to kind of get in as much of the bodies as you can. Um, you go in, you go in very close on uh, on where the action is happening, and I guess in, ultimately, I, I just kind of felt like, why do I why do I need to see sex this graphic? Is it because it's two women and this is something that perhaps I haven't seen in a in a mainstream film before? But I haven't seen sex that graphic between almost anybody in a mainstream mainstream film before. So I'm, and I you know I mean if, if this were a movie about a a boy and a girl, I'm not sure you'd have a bunch of penetration shots in the film. You would just have you'd steam it up, but you wouldn't you wouldn't have these very kind of plainly lit uh, close close you know close ups of of bodies and and sort of genitalia and 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 breasts and i didn't quite understand they don't actually show close ups of genitalia though i mean they... i mean i know what you're saying but you've got it, i mean it's not gynecological in any it's way it's not it's not not quite but i mean there's never been anything like this at a sort of a porn reel right in the movies, I mean, if you're talking about sort of a quote-unquote legit, I mean, it's hard to say where we where we draw the line on these things. But if you're talking about a non-pornographic film, just a regular movie, you've never seen this kind of stuff. Hmm. I don't know if I have. I, d- I just I don't yeah, I don't sure think you I have, have. And I'm and I'm just wondering why was that really necessary to get to get the point across that this was a that this was a Loving uh, uh, and sexually charged relationship. Well, do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and I'm and like I said, I think that those scenes could have been shorter. Yeah, I don't mind that they were graphic, but I think that they could have been a lot shorter. But I also, like I said, you cooking dinner could have been a lot shorter of a scene. <laughs> yeah, you okay. at this protest could have been a lot shorter of a scene. You dancing to really crappy music in a gay bar yeah. could have been a shorter scene. A yeah. lot, a lot of these scenes that are shown in real time. I mean, 
I don't think any of them should have been as long as they were, and that includes the sex to me. I don't mm-hmm. mind that they're graphic. Really, to me, that didn't bother me, although the actresses have been quite vocal about the fact that they felt the director was uh, exploiting them in some ways. The scene, that the long sex scene, their first one, Took ten days to shoot. Yeah, I heard. It, yeah, I heard. It, I heard they did it a hundred times. Yeah, um, and that's really unnecessarily. Like, does it? <laughs> what? Who? Who has to? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yes. And and the director now is very is fairly angry at them as well. I'm not sure why. I think it might have something to do with the fact that they that they shared some of the glory of the Palm Door. I don't really know why, but there's been a lot of a lot of a lot of anger generated yeah, around this and, film. And Julie Moreau, the person behind the graphic novel that this is based on, she's mad at the director because this yeah. is. Uh, she felt that it was way too hetero, male gaze. You have mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. A, a straight director, two straight actresses playing what she thinks is very not not what she intended in her graphic novel. There are there are a lot of scenes of uh, uh, these kinds of um, lingering close ups of her, especially when she's sleeping. Of her butt. Of her butt. Yes. Lots of her butt. <laughs> Lots of her butt. Um, a lot of these sort of open-mouthed uh, sleeping shots. Her skin is very glistening. Her cheeks are red. This kind of hothouse flower look, the ripening fruit look. I guess I'm kind of okay with that. You know, Gus Van Sant has done that kind of stuff on on young boys in his films. Uh, 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 Larry Clark has done that kind of stuff in his movies. Uh, so I guess, you know, I don't know why I'm necessarily raising an objection, but that – even even that stuff didn't bother me so much that kind of that kind of made the point that this was a girl that this was a girl kind of flowering in a way mm-hmm. um again the explicitness i just i don't know if i need it i don't know if i need it i don't know if it added anything to the movie for me um so, so is this not a good date for you i mean all that being said i i i really i love the movie i found it very emotionally Ultimately, really powerful. Um, I really bought it as a just you know a relationship, any relationship, um, and I, I I loved it for that. But I I agree with you. Shorter and to me, I never thought I'd hear myself say this. Less sex. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, oh man. Well, I'm, I'm going to say it's a very good date. Also, and as far as the less sex goes, one thing I want to point out to bring it back to the beginning. Why is this being banned in Idaho? It's not really being banned in the state of Idaho. What, yeah. the, the deal is in Idaho, they have a liquor law and they have a sex movie law. And the one art house theater in all of Idaho has a liquor license. So right. they're not allowed to show movies that have sex as well. So, yes. You know what happens when you watch pornography and you drink beer. Especially French pornography. <laughs> Especially <laughs> subtitled pornography. For three hours. God knows what would happen. You know, who knows? You might fall asleep. God knows. <laughs> all right. So now that we're done with the now that we're done with all this high pressure, high stress so talk. Stressful. Yeah. Let's uh we do ha- we do have a uh kind of a correction uh to run. Uh let's play a, a, a phone call that we got from a listener. This is Lynn from Philadelphia. Love the podcast as per usual. You guys are great. But I gotta call you on something. Rafer, you referred to the screenwriter of Twelve Years of Slaves, John Ridley, as a relative newcomer. That would be incorrect. He has been working in the business for about twenty years or so now on Three Kings, U Turn, Undercover Brother. Some of these movies have been great. Some of these movies weren't so great. And it's great to see him finally get his due. And I really hope that his opportunity here to tell this story opens up doors for other people of color to tell their own stories. 
Lynn, thank you so much for calling in. We like being corrected. Yes, that's true. We like you, it when you listen carefully. You are correct about that. I probably should have. I, I should have. You know, I'd forgotten that he had done uh, that. He had a hand in uh, Three Kings. But uh, you're correct. I should have called. I should have maybe called him a lesser known or something like that. But uh, you're, you're, you are correct. I stand corrected. <laughs> you can always call to correct us at five seven one seven movies, and you can also call five seven one seven movies if you want to participate in movie therapy. So this week's movie therapy question was actually written to us on our Facebook page from Matthew in Brooklyn. Dear Kristen and Rafer, my wife and I are expecting our first child in a couple of weeks. Once the baby is born, we are both going to be spending more time at home than usual. We'll both be looking for some occasional distractions. Getting to the movie theaters might be tough other than the occasional baby matinees in Brooklyn. I'm writing to see if you two can recommend anything good to watch online to keep us entertained during what I expect will be a great deal of downtime. So... Rafer, you've gone through this a couple of times. You have, you have two kids. Indeed, I have. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, here's, here's my advice to you. Do not, do not use this time. Don't get ambitious. Don't get ambitious. That's my advice. Do not <laughs> use this time to uh, go back and watch all those silent films that you've been meaning to see or, you know, all those. Uh, Now's the time for Truffaut. Right. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't think, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to go catch up on all, my, all the early Ernst Lubitsch films. This is this is not the time to do that. Your your brain is going to be significantly weakened by the experience that's about to that's about to happen. Your your critical thinking skills are going to go down several notches. Your concentration, your ability to focus on any on uh, these kinds of things, they're going to fail you very shortly. And you need something that's going to be light, entertaining, uh not that's going to be intelligent, I think. You're going to want some grown-up interaction, and uh, but that's not going to be too much of a heavy lift. Uh, we were, Chris and I were both saying that we thought about assigning you um, movies about parenthood and about newborns, but I think the f- the fact of the matter is, you're just going to have enough of that in your life. Um, I did kind of like. It's not a, really a good movie, but it does kind of get to the heart of a few things. I did like what to expect when you're expecting. It oh. has it has some funny things in it. Um, we had a friend of mine, Clay Chapman, was on the show to talk about that. He thought it was a horror movie. He thought it was a horror movie. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it does it does it does say it does suggest that it it hit him where it counts. So I think it does have some things to say about parenthood. But otherwise, I think you got to go light and fluffy. Kristen? All right. I'm going to say you have to go big or go home because mm. you're going to be at home for a long, <laughs> you're long be time. Home. So you, especially if you live in Brooklyn, I'm imagining you don't have the biggest apartment. You're not used to being trapped in your house this much. So I would say this is going to be an experience where you really need to have a lot to watch on TV. You don't want to be stir crazy. You want to be able to get lost on what's on the screen. And Ideally, something that's not too challenging, as you were just saying, Rafer, and I say go for a big franchise. So the biggest franchise I can think of, the James Bond series. 22 movies, I think. Is it Maybe it's 23 at this point. Sure. So many James Bond movies. So many uh, different versions of a macho man that you can look to while you're changing your baby's diapers. <laughs> some fun, you know, romance scenes, some right. shooting of some guns. You know, it's all there. But you don't have to think too hard. Every plot's almost exactly the same. When you're brain drained, it's going to be totally something you can follow. So that's what I suggest, the James Bond films. Sure. I think, I think, that's, a, I think that's a great idea. For the guy in this picture, I think you're going to be feeling 
somewhat emasculated uh, in the next <laughs> oh fifteen years. But <laughs> but especially during these these first this, these first months, I think you're going to be feeling pretty helpless. You're not going to be living the guy life that you used to that you used to be living. You're going to want to feel like you've got a little of your testosterone back. <laughs> So, Matthew, in Brooklyn, those are our suggestions for you. Anyone else who has questions for movie therapy, call us at 5717movies or log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast. And as always, we end on trivia. Correct. We're going to um, hark back to last week, uh, a question that we had. Uh, we were talking about 12 Years a Slave, a rather rather heavy, rather serious film. But uh, we asked this question, which, by the way, I forgot to credit our, our intern, Sonia Weiser. Great job, Sonia. We asked, what star of 12 Years a Slave was in this fluffy romantic comedy? No surprises? No surprises. Not like the stag night? Unlike the stag night. Do you admit the Brazilian prostitutes were a mistake? I do. And it would have been much better if they'd not turned out to be men. That is true. So Elizabeth has the right answer. She's saying, I'm guessing the clip is from Love Actually, which features Chiwetel Ejiofor. I don't know that I answered correctly. I've never actually seen Love Actually, but I think that's the answer. (laughs) Very good. Good job. And then for this week's trivia, in honor of the terrible movie, The Counselor, we're going to ask a question about lawyers in the movies. We are going to play you a clip We want you to tell us what the name of this movie is and who plays this lawyer. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I know you've spent all morning listening to Mr. Broigo talk. I know you're hungry. What I need to tell you won't take very long at all. I don't like Alexander Cohen. If you know, give us a call, 5717movies. Or log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast. Your lawyer called and said he the papers all prepared to sign my name was all I had to do he saw the judge now he's seen me there's 